the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. That was like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, the recent rulings by the Supreme Court on affirmative action, free speech, student loans had liberals everywhere whipped into a frenzy. And it created an amazing number of candidates for a very important award. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. But we had to settle on someone, and the lucky guy is Michael Imperioli. He's the guy who played Christopher Maltasanti, Tony Soprano's nephew on The Sopranos. This is what he said on Twitter uh, after the Supreme Court ruling that said that the web designer in Colorado couldn't be forced forced to design a site for a same-sex marriage. Quote, I've decided to forbid bigots and homophobes from watching The Sopranos, The White Lotus, Goodfellas, or any movie or TV show I've been in, unquote. Thank, oh, then he went on. Thank you, Supreme Court, for allowing me to discriminate and exclude those who I don't agree with and am opposed to. USA, USA, exclamation point, unquote. So really... What is it about liberals that causes them to make really bad analogies? It's amazing how often it happens. A good one in this case might be, I don't know, if if Michael owned, say, a production company and somebody came along and said, you know what, Michael, I'd like you to produce this movie called, uh, it's about Donald Trump. And it's just, it's two hours of just how wonderful Donald Trump is. Does Michael think he should be forced to make that movie? He obviously does, or he doesn't, or he doesn't get it, because if he, if he got it, he wouldn't be saying that he uh, was upset or to, would have made that stupid analogy about forbidding bigots to watch his stuff that he's put on TV and in the movies. So, again, what, what is it about the bad analogies? Uh, so, uh, so, does Michael think he should be forced to make that movie? Well, maybe he does. When his comments attracted criticism from people with brains, you know, he said, quote, America is getting dumber by the minute, unquote. He may be right about that, but he may not be aware that he's leading the way. Now he can be aware that he is the AM 1250, the answer, jerk of the week. And when we come back, speaking of jerks, uh, Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream had a message for America on Independence Day. Uh, that America's a terrible place. The first thing that should be done to make it better is to get rid of Mount Rushmore. We'll have historian Mary Graybar here to tell us uh, just how dumb they are. And in our second half hour, some new studies have come out about the COVID-19 lockdowns. And the conclusion is they made things worse. Stick around. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage gardening, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. 
That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. And now a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive. And today, expect mostly sunny conditions with a high on life that can only come from cruising down the road on two wheels. Kids will wave, dogs will bark, and cyclists in padded shorts will instantly regret their chosen mode of transportation. Whereas you, on the other hand, will look super duper cool. Back to you in the studio. This has been a special motorcycle weather report from Progressive, where every day is a beautiful day to ride with coverage from America's number one motorcycle insurer. Get a quote today and see what you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Mike Lindell has an amazing offer for my listeners on his Giza Elegance My Pillows. He'll receive a Giza Elegance My Pillow for as low as nineteen ninety eight. Regular price is sixty nine ninety eight. This My Pillow comes in four levels of support. You'll also receive deep discounts on all My Pillow products, such as My Pillow towels, mattress topper, My Slippers, and so much more. This is John Steigerwald. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the Giza Elegance My Pillow for as low as nineteen ninety eight. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his Giza Elegance My Pillow. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? Term Busters, a Christian-owned company, can help. There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, $1 million of coverage, $75 per month level rate for 10 years. Or a man age 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-558-9940. Remember, 800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for Term Busters, Christian-owned and operated, is 800-558-9940. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream had a Bud Light moment this week. They came out with a message for their customers on Independence Day. Uh, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land this 4th of July. Let's commit to returning it. That's what they said. And they said that uh, July 4th festivities, including parades, barbecues, and fireworks, can, quote, distract from an essential truth about this nation's birth. And they said that getting rid of Mount Rushmore would be a good place to start. Mary Graybar is an historian and author. Uh, She's author of the book Debunking Howard Zinn, Exposing the Fake History that Turned a Generation Against America. And she joins us now. Mary, thanks for coming on again. appreciate it. Oh, it's great to be back. Thank you. So I I just felt like uh, as soon as I heard this stuff being and this it's everywhere now but i I heard when i saw ben and jerry that kind of that was the last straw for me um i i think of you because uh you wonder where these people get this stuff from people like ben and jerry i don't know anything about them except that they make ice cream i never eat but do you think that uh, ben and jerry are products of howard zinn's book i would bet money that they have read it and swear by it. Um, Zinn was such a big influence. And, um, you know, you, you can see the influence of Zinn um, and people like him uh, in terms of this romanticized view of, you know, the American Indians, which, you know, were a very diverse, over 500 tribes on the North American continent. But, you know, they're presented by Howard Zinn um, as kind of, uh, you know, uh, early, uh, you know, hippies who live together in communes and share and, you know, are peaceful and, um, 
you know, just our, you know, the, the ideal of the 1960s. And of course, that is far from the truth. And Ben and Jerry have the same kind of notion of what, you know, uh, humanity is like and what history was like before the evil Europeans came here. And of course, Howard Zinn was a communist who, mm-hmm. who, uh, whose book is used in schools to this day. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a whole industry, um, not only his book, but spinoff books, uh, Young People's History, uh, you know, People's History of the Civil War, People's History of Art History. Um, the Zen Education Project has had hundreds of thousands of teachers sign up for the free lessons, um, you know, that are, you know, adapted from Zen's book and history, as well as uh, for campaigns to get their students to lobby to eliminate Columbus Day and, and you know, for Green, for the Green New Deal and so forth. I mean, it's a, it's an industry. It's about, you know, I would say on the same level as Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I mean, it's, um, it's a big money maker and it has a wide influence. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, the Howard's inversion of history has become mainstream. Uh, you know, so, someone else said that and I agree with him. And the other person who said it was a historian who's a social democrat. So that is the version of history that's taught. Yeah. Now, um, I, maybe this is an unfair question, but how many teachers, or what 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 percentage of teachers do you believe know what they're even doing by by using this book in their class? How many of them know that he's an actual communist? Uh, that that the book is uh, full of untruths. Uh, well, very few, I suspect, because often Howard Zinn's book is used in uh, teachers' colleges. So that's the history book they used, you know, when they're going to college to become teachers. Oh so uh, many of them are not exposed to anything else. And then you've got, you know, people who are like Howard Zinn, like Eric Foner, writing books along the same lines. So it's very difficult to get um, you know, a different perspective over to the teachers. And um, there is, uh, you know, a, a book that came out a couple years ago by a New York University professor uh, that's called, I think, Rethinking History. And it's basically uh, a promotion for Howard Zinn's book. And it's being used uh, to train teachers. I mean, he just absolutely lies and says Zinn is, you know, honest and um, does not plagiarize. And, of course, I've proven that he does in my book with pages of evidence. The book is Debunking Howard Zinn, Exposing the Fake History That Turned a Generation Against America. Mary Graybar is our guest. She's the author of that book and also Debunking uh, 1619 Project. Uh, That's also a factor here, but... Uh, Mary, before we get to Mount Rushmore, which uh, I guess Ben and Jerry think should be eliminated, what about the idea that we should feel guilty about stealing the land we're living on? Well, you know, I think there was a, a local chief that suggested that they give the land that their headquarters is on in Vermont over yeah. to his tribe, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. these people, ha- yeah, these people have been saying this for so long. Um, no one really challenges them on it. I'm glad, you know, that these two, you know, old hippies who've become multimillionaires finally are being challenged. Billionaires. And yeah. Billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Pro- yeah. Um, and, you know, so, uh, you know, the land, was it stolen? Okay. Well, there was warfare um, between the tribes when the European settlers came here. I mean, that is human history. There, you know, this notion that Howard's in puts forth of these tribes being highly civilized and highly cooperative is just not true. I mean, um, you know, just like the rest of humankind, they were engaged in warfare, territorial disputes. Um, and even though their concept of land ownership is not the same as, you know, people uh, in Europe or of European descent, think of it, 
there were territorial disputes and there were atrocities committed and, you know, they were violent. And so, you know, to say what, you know, Ben and Jerry are saying is to be ahistorical. Uh, it's to go against the history of, um, you know, the American Indians itself. Yeah, and um, up in Canada, so this is everywhere, uh, in Canada, Justin Trudeau was just asked about this the other day. If he, was at, he said he'd be okay with change, changing the words to the Canadian National Anthem as long as Canadians were okay with it. Did you see this? No, I didn't see that, uh, but there was an alternative national anthem that uh, it was uh, sung by and uh, written and sung by someone I'd never heard of. I, I, I listened to a little bit of it. It sounded atrocious. Well, here's, but here's all they did. <laughs> someone sang it recently. And instead of saying, oh, Canada, my home and native land, it was changed to my home on native land. One little word. And uh-huh. uh, and that's part of this whole mentality. That's And, and, and there are up there, um, I own property up there, and I've just thought of this now. There was a, a, a city council meeting uh, for this township where our property is, and I'm pretty sure that when they open the council meeting, that that they do the reference to the land that they're they're were sitting on used to belong to somebody else. One of those I don't know what it's officially called, but you know, instead of a pledge of allegiance to the a pledge of allegiance to the flag, which they may do, they also make sure they include that where whatever native land that they are occupying right now. So that's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I. I heard that maybe twenty years ago. That's called a land acknowledgement. Right. That's right. what cra- crazy professors were doing twenty years ago, and everything that we're seeing now today was started in academia. This all this craziness, this foolishness. I mean, I went to a conference in Atlanta. I think it was twenty thirteen, where Bill Ayers was speaking. Remember him? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, and we were, we were, I think it was in one of those high rise hotels in downtown Atlanta. Um, you know, I don't know how much it costs, but, you know, really fancy. And right. they're, you know, making a land acknowledgement. We acknowledge we're on the land of the Cherokee or whatever it was. Yeah. And it's so bogus. And I've heard it over and over again at academic conferences. It, it really is. None of these people are going to leave their homes, abandon their homes, and give, give them over to someone who is, you know, a Native American. They're not going to do that. Yeah, and, and how much conquering and colonizing, which is another bad word if you're a colonizer, but how much conquering and colonizing were Native Americans actually doing among themselves uh, before white Europeans showed up. And I'm talking, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, there was warfare, but where, um, you know, you own this land today, we are more powerful than you, we're taking it over, you're going to be our slaves, by the way, and this is the way it's going to be from now on, we're running the show here on this, however they carved up the territory. Oh, yeah, that's what they did. Um, You know, you've got the Iroquois, you know, that confederation, um, was made in order to uh, accumulate power and go farther south into Pennsylvania and conquer other tribes. You had the Powhatans, um, you know, who were, uh, you know, very warlike and, um, you know, people feared them. Um, so, you you know, and, and what they did to the tribes they conquered is they mutilated the men so they could never fight again, you know, chopping off fingers and stuff, uh, enslaving the women and children or what they called adopting them. Um, you know, often the captives were beaten to death by the women and children. You know, it was a great ceremony. <laughs> there was nothing peaceful about it at all. Um, I, I, you know, where, where these people, well, Howard Zinn, we know was, was deliberately lying, but I don't know if Ben and Jerry, you know, read him too many times, smoked too much pot or what, but uh, <laughs> they are completely wrong. Well, how different was it? What, what happened here when the Europeans showed up? Uh, how different was what happened here from what happened in Europe? 
when one group would take over another and one country would become another country and eventually it would be an assimilation of a bunch of different cultures that it happened in Europe before it happened here right yeah yeah and and as a matter of fact uh, you know a lot of the puritans um you know treated the indians very kindly and um you know they you know attempted to do the best for them by their lights which was um to save their souls to introduce them to christianity and um you know they did not you know take away the land i mean that's a big misconception and i cite some scholars who have documented that so the idea that the land was outright stolen is false i mean it it was considered to be open land it wasn't being used and so the europeans thought well we'll settle here and often there was a lot of cooperation and oftentimes when um you know there was a settlement that was attacked by indians uh those tribes that were um victimized by that marauding tribe would side with um you know the european settlers and so you had these alliances and so um you know that this notion of uh this you know ruthless conquest is is a false one i mean it certainly wasn't the case in all situations we're talking to Mary Graybar she's uh the author of also a book called the bunking the 1619 project um is the 1619 Project gaining traction despite the pushback? Yes, uh, and it's quite alarming. I mean, you, you probably know that there has been this so-called documentary that was produced by Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. I think it aired over about six episodes. ABC, um, I think, yeah. That's right, yeah, also on ABC. Um, it... You know, she keeps coming up in my Google alerts. She's speaking, getting, you know, this is Nicole Hannah-Jones, the creator of the project. She's getting awards. Um, She's teaching at Howard University, which is frightening. (laughs) Um, She, you know, just and raking in the money like crazy and lecturing on campuses and in various forums. Um, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how much farther this can go, but it seems to be, you know, sort of taking over as the dominant narrative of American history. And of course, she tweeted out on the 4th of July, right? Um, she, she said, you know, that the, this country did not, was not, uh, the birth of this country was not in 1776, yeah, but 1619. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> And and uh, I only have about a minute left. Um, uh, and how much of what she's selling is total BS? Uh, well, I would say you know probably ninety percent of it. And uh, you know I catalog it in my book. I mean it's you know from the first sentence to the last uh, of the sixteen nineteen project. It's um, it's. You know, it's the same kind of fake history that Howard Zinn's history is. It um, leaves out huge uh, gaps. It distorts the evidence. Um, it insinuates. Uh, and it, it is a completely false picture of American history. I mean, there, yes, slavery, you know, was a fact. Um, but that's about all that's true in it. And I, I know you. We only have a yeah. minute, so I can't go into it. It's in my book, though. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> people should read your book, uh, and actually, history teachers in high schools and grade schools should read your book. But I, I hope I don't know if enough of them are. But uh, I'd like to see it stop gaining traction. I don't know when that's going to happen. But that's why I have you on, Mary. I wanted to uh, address Ben and Jerry, and you're the perfect person to do it. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, that's Mary Graybard. She's the author of The Bunking Howard Zinn, Exposing the Fake History that Turned a Generation Against America. His job report showed employers adding 209,000 positions in June. 
PNC Senior Economic Advisor Stuart Hoffman says when the Fed meets later this month, they probably will raise the hikes. I think after skipping a rate hike in June, they're going to go back to hiking by a quarter of 1% uh, in July. And frankly, that is widely expected. The June hiring figure was the smallest in two and a half years. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says President Biden and his counterparts will agree next week to help modernize Ukraine's forces and reaffirm that it will join their alliance one day, but membership talks off the table while Ukraine is at war with Russia. The Dow is ahead 70 points, and the Nasdaq is up 110. This is SRN News. Are you a small business owner wondering if you qualify for the employee retention credit? With careful accounting, you can receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds through this federal program. One call to 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for the employee retention credit and possibly for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Our process has been thoroughly vetted by a team of experienced tax attorneys and CPAs and our refund specialists will work tirelessly to get you every penny your business deserves. Plus, with our exclusive audit assistance guarantee, your business is protected. Call Careful Accounting now at 800-315-8175. See if you qualify for an ERC advance payment and get the cash your business needs to succeed. That's 800-315-8175. Your small business may qualify to receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in payroll tax refunds. Call 800-315-8175 now. Brandon Tatum has lost trust. I do not have confidence that this particular indictment, none of them, to be honest, are done in good faith. I, I don't have the confidence that they are not attempting to use political leverage to attack an opponent. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-455-8465 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465 to get started today. You get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465. Or go to FreedomCare.com. Freedom Care. Join Beth Andrews of Networth Advisors for the Networth Financial Hour, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Get the news and information you need to help make your retirement dreams a reality. Don't miss the Networth Financial Hour with Beth Andrews, Saturdays at 7 a.m., 4 p.m., and 7 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 11. Firm offers insurance services. Networth Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather. Partly cloudy skies for tonight will reach a nighttime low of 60. Tomorrow, times of clouds and sun with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon at a high of 82. Overcast skies tomorrow night with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm late, the low 63. Cloudy Sunday with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Expect a high Sunday of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, remember the uh, the good old days when we were all locked down? Uh, I did this show from home for over a year because the experts said we owed it to our fellow human beings to, uh, I guess, uh, avoid our fellow human beings, you know, to stay safe. Um, there's more evidence every day that the experts were wrong, of course, and the lockdowns were dumb. Uh, John Tierney is a contributing editor at City Journal, and he's here with the proof of that. John, good to have you back on. Thanks for coming on. 
Thanks, John. Great to be back from Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh guy, right? So, um, yeah. But... <laughs> did you actually uh, find evidence that shows that my doing this uh, show from home didn't save any lives? Not even one. <laughs> All it did probably was, was have some impact on your mental health. Not a good one, I bet. <laughs> you know, not a good one on any of ours. Now, you know, I mean, I've been writing for City Journal for the last couple of years, and you know, lots of there was lots of evidence coming out the lockdowns didn't work. But this year, there were two really big um, uh, reports, you know, from, from uh, economists in the, in the United States and also in Europe that really looked, I mean, the most comprehensive looks yet. That, you know, the ones in Europe looked at thousands of studies and synthesized them. And, and the ones in the U.S. did a really sophisticated analysis. They compared all 50 states and they looked at how stringent their lockdown measures were. And then they, they also, you know, compared it with how many people died in that state, both from COVID and from other causes. And and they also really did the thing that you don't see the, the mainstream media doing, which is they actually uh, adjusted for how vulnerable each state was because, you know, they, you know, they considered how many, what percentage of your population was old, you know, because the older yeah. were, were obviously much more vulnerable. And also, you know, how prevalent diabetes and obesity were. Those were big risk factors. Anyway, the bottom line from both studies is, you know, the ones, you know, show the lockdowns might have reduced COVID mortality, you know, during the first lockdowns by you know, 4,000 lives in the United States, which is really, you know, you consider the damage that was done and that 40,000 people die from the flu every year. That's, that's nothing. And then the other study really showed that compared to all the states showed that they, you know, there was no difference in the states that had severe lockdowns versus the ones that didn't. You know, the classic example was Florida had, I think, the longest lockdown in the country. They were arresting surfers, you know, for being out there by themselves. They shut down the schools. They, you know, shut down parks. And Florida had the same rate as Florida, which is one of the first states to shut, you know, to, to reopen. And New York State, where, you know, where I live now, you know, we had the dubious honor of ranking number one in the country in the stringency of our lockdown, you know, the the mandates, the mass mandates, the vaccine mandates, the school closures, uh, business closures. We ranked number one, and, and we actually had more people dying than the national average. And we, we actually had about the same rate as South Dakota, which never locked down. It, it was the least restrictive state. So, I mean, you know, this really confirmed the giving all these powers to shut down and before the pandemic experts at the CDC and lots of other national health agencies had said and advised do not lock down even if you got a pandemic as bad as the Spanish flu in 1918 and yet you know Fauci and these computer modelers said oh the lockdowns are going to kill two million people this summer and the lockdowns will prevent 80 percent of those deaths and th th those were ridiculous computer projections they were absurdly wrong is there like a a building somewhere where computer where people do computer models and they, they pick us like are these the same people who, who predicted the ice age in 1970 with a by, yeah, by well, computer, computer model i mean compu i mean computer models yeah they are just they're all but you know built on these assumptions and um and one of the big assumptions that was built in you know this this team at imperial college in in, in london was the most influential one that was you know front page of the new york times that was what politicians used to justify the lockdowns. If we don't do it, everyone's going to die. There'll soon be 30 COVID patients for every hospital bed. That was their projection. And this team just had this terrible record. You know, they, they had done these doomsday predictions for previous swine flu and other things that turned out to be ridiculously wrong, but people still listen to them again. And, uh, you know, one of their biggest mistakes was the assumption. They said, if you don't lock down, everyone's going to get infected and all these people will die because people cannot be trusted to do anything on their own. If we don't have lockdowns, people will do nothing different. And the great thing that happened, you know, we had one big control group in Sweden. Mm -hmm. They had two great public health leaders there. And, and one of them, you know, he knew how bad the Imperial College computer models were. He, he called it a horror scenario of no use to anyone. And they trusted their citizens to take voluntary measures. And, and in fact, that's what happened in Sweden. You know, older people, you know, did reduce their shopping. They didn't go out as much. And younger people went on with their lives. The school stayed open. And Sweden did better than the, you know, than the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. So, you know, trusting your citizens to behave responsibly is the best way. And the interesting thing that I also write about in the City Journal article, and I, I didn't know about this until I started talking with these researchers, 
is that these economists had done this really interesting study of, of natural disasters around the world. And they, and, and they compared, you know, did the executive branch of the government, you know, the governor or the president, whatever, have the, have the, were they able to declare, to use this emergency to, you know, to claim extraordinary powers? Could they just suspend, could they commandeer resources, you know, or, you know, order people to do whatever they wanted? And they found that the more power the government had to do that, the more people would die in the natural disaster. Because, you know, it just interferes, you know, when you suspend, you know, economic and personal liberties, it interferes with people's natural efforts to cope with the emergency. And so more people end up dying. And also what happens, as we saw in COVID, was that the national leaders use this emergency as an excuse to spend lots of money, institute lots of new regulations that have nothing to do with the actual danger and are really just being done to reward their political um, donors and their, and, you know, the unions that support them, and and basically they use it for their own purposes. It's it's kind of an interesting uh, point there, <laughs> that if you have a uh, a hurricane or floods or whatever, any kind of a natural disaster, that the more the government does, the more people are going to die. Yeah, I mean, it seems very counterintuitive, but as they explained it to me, that you know, when there's a hurricane. Ordinarily, you know, you know, after it hits, people, you know, people open up their homes to people who are homeless. The local officials will open up, you know, you know, churches, schools, and things to help people. People who have four-wheel vehicles and boats will, you know, will, will help their neighbors. People do that. But if the national government just says we now own all the resources, then people just don't really, you know, want to help. And the national government usually does it that that, uh, that if anything happens to your boat during this, after we come near it, you know, we're not going to pay you back for it either. Whereas local governments have to be a lot more responsive. And so it interferes with the natural efforts people make. And it, it, it's an interesting study because they really compared all these natural disasters and they controlled for all kinds of variables. And they just found that when the, you know, when the executive seizes all these powers, you know, there's a higher death rate than if they don't. And that's really what happened. You know, Sweden was lucky in this pandemic, partly because their leaders were, were smart enough to pay no attention to the computer models. And also because, and I, I just found this out myself, that Sweden had a provision in its constitution guaranteeing its citizens freedom of movement. So what a concept. basically, it constri- you know, yeah, I know. I mean, you think we'd have that in our constitution. And I suppose you could argue maybe we do it with freedom of association. I don't, I'm not a lawyer. But they had that specific guarantee, so that made it harder for politicians to just, you know, you know willy-nilly issue these orders. So and they were constrained, and as a result, Swedes did much better. You know, the, the real scandal was, I mean, aside from, you know, not saving lives from COVID, the lockdowns caused all these other deaths from other causes, and especially among young and middle-aged people. And you know, they I, I cited in the City Journal piece, you know, that a hundred, you know, a hundred thousand people died more than normal from non-COVID causes during the pandemic. Most of them were working-age adults, and they were dying from drug overdoses, alcohol abuse, diabetes. You know, there were all the missed medical treatments for cancer and 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 heart disease. Um, so we, we had all these excess, uh, you know, all these excess deaths from other causes while not doing anything to stop COVID deaths. So it's really, and, and that toll is going to continue because, um, you know, the people that didn't get their cancer, their heart disease caught early enough, we're going to pay that. And of course, school children are going to be paying for this the rest of their lives. It's one estimate is there was so much learning loss. You know, there were record drops in test scores during the pandemic, you know, after the pandemic. And, and it's estimated that because of that, these kids are not going to do as well in school, more than going to drop out. Um, and that the average American student, you know, now in school is going to earn 6% less over the course of their lifetime because of the learning loss during the pandemic. I mean, it was just horrible child abuse. And, you know, we've got to figure out a way to stop this from happening again. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, it, it, I think most people, you, all, all those things are unfortunate. You know, the excess deaths, I don't think people really understand what that means, but um, the excess deaths, the, uh, the, the loss of learning for, for uh, school kids and all the other stuff that you just mentioned, I still think, tell me if you agree, I still think 90% of the people in America, including conservatives, 
maybe not 90, but uh, uh, 90% of Democrats anyway. I don't know what the number would be for, for conservatives. But they they walk around thinking, boy, I know that's a shame about the school kids and all that. But, you know, it was worth it because if they hadn't done that, we'd all be dead or, or it would have been much, much worse. And my guess is that the people in government and in the government agencies, they believe the same thing. Exactly. I mean, it's it's tragic that, um, you know, the CDC promised, you know, that their director, who's just been this font of misinformation and idiocy during the, you know, during the pandemic, um, announced that they were planning to be more proactive the next time. They're drawing up plans to do that. And the World Health Organization is actually drawing up this global pandemic treaty that they want nations to sign that would give it the authority under international law to start ordering lockdowns and other things in countries. And I, I mean, I do hope Republicans in Congress will, will put an end to that lunacy. I mean, the idea that we should give them more power to do more damage next time is just crazy. I mean, what we really should be doing, and I agree with you that most people don't realize it partly because the mainstream media suddenly, yeah. you know, basically has just buried that story. So we don't want to about that. And also, uh, you know, and I talked about this, you know, a while ago, I, you know, I did a piece that, that, you know, once people make all these sacrifices, they've disrupted, they've done all this, it's like a hazing ritual people go through at a fraternity where after you go through it, you want to believe that it was worthwhile. Oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. You know so you don't want to think that you suffered, it, you know, psychologists call it cognitive dissonance. You don't want to think, I did all these, uh, you know, I made all these sacrifices for nothing. So people don't like to think that, it, that, you know, that it was all, you know, that it was worse than nothing. It caused more deaths. But and, and I hope that, you know, I'm hoping DeSantis can somehow get this message out during the campaign because that's that's his, you know, I mean, he was right about it and, and, and almost everyone else was wrong. And I hope that if Republicans get, you know, regain control in, in Washington and, and in places where they do control legislatures, that they will enact new safeguards like Sweden has to prevent the government from doing this during emergencies. Don't let politicians pretend to be saviors, you know, but exploit that in order to just gain new powers. Well, we, we talked about the fact that uh, in Sweden, well, in the Swedish government trusted the citizens. But that also, it, it was it just as much a case of the Swedish citizens trusting their government when it said it wasn't going to do anything. There still has to be trust involved because the, uh, you could have had rioting in the streets in Sweden when they found out that, you know, everywhere else they're locking it down and you just want us to die because you're letting us uh, live our lives here. What's wrong with you people? Well, there was a lot of resistance in Sweden. I mean, there were politicians, and there, another feature there is that, and I don't, I don't think this would work so well in the U.S., but they give their, you know, like the, uh, the head of public health there, it's harder for politicians in Sweden to interfere with their public health agencies. You know, they think we want to have professionals do this, and which can be good in theory if you have the right professionals there. It's not good if you have people like Deborah Burks and, and Rachel Walensky and Anthony Fauci in charge. But so the politicians wanted to shut the schools there. And the public health officials who were saying said, no, there's no reason to, sh to shut the schools and we're not going to do it. So that was another reason they were lucky. And but there was a lot of resistance in Sweden. Nonetheless, there were a lot of, you know, left wing academics who were denouncing it and and criticizing it and basically wanted to go along with the whole Fauciism, as DeSantis calls it. Um, but, you know, the, um, Anders Tegnell, I mean, I, I did a column earlier nominating him for the Nobel Prize in Medicine or Peace. You know, he was the guy, he just stood firm and said, yeah, I'm getting a lot of grief. The media was after him. The international media was just really after, oh, Sweden is a cautionary tale. They're all dying there. And, of course, once it turned out that Sweden was doing better than the rest of the world, then, then you know, the international media just ignored it. So, you know, they had a bad spell early in the pandemic for various reasons. But then after that, they did better. Than, you know, throughout the pandemic, they did better than the rest of Europe. So we're talking to uh, John Tierney, finishing up here. He's a contributing editor at City Journal. You can find his piece on the stupidity of the lockdowns at um, city-journal.org. Before I let you go, um, I'm, I'm not sure what the status is on it. I, I, maybe you, do, you are. Pittsburgh has a citywide ban on single-use plastic bags. I don't know. I don't think it's in effect right now. I think it might be coming soon. You've written about that. Where are we on plastic bags these days? 
it's you know this is another form of utter idiocy you know san francisco banned them in a great study they looked at it and they found out they're they're more you know the ostensible reason is well there's two reasons one is it's supposedly good you know for carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in fact what happens when you ban those single-use ones people just use thicker plastic bags or paper bags or tote bags that all uh, require a lot more energy to to manufacture and transport so you end up with more you know, greenhouse emissions in the atmosphere. And the other thing people say, oh, we're somehow saving, you know, saving uh, a flipper from plastic in the ocean. And in fact, you know, what you should do with plastic bags is, you know, most people do reuse them once for their dogs or for, you know, for liners, for waste baskets, and then put it in the trash and bury it in the landfill. And it's perfectly safe. Um, you know, they're, they're real marvels. They're so cheap. They're so efficient. They're waterproof. They, you know, they, they really work well. <laughs> Let's get rid and of them. They're, and, and they're better for the environment, but yeah. it really makes some people feel good to order other people, you know, around. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the basic reason it happens. Well, I hope to have you on again. I, 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 I don't, I, for some reason, I, I don't know when that takes place. And I would think that if it was going on now, I'd know about it. Not that I spent a lot of time in the city, but. Whenever we get hit uh, with the big the big wave of uh, anti plastic um, hysteria from our local government, I'll have you on again to talk about it because you've done a lot of research into that. But I appreciate Thanks. you coming. I'd be on. glad to. You know, you know, one thing to watch for John is what happened in New Jersey. They stopped giving out you know grocery bags yeah. to people and the, the plastic bags, and people then started walking off with those plastic crates <laughs> that you use for shopping. The stores <laughs> ran out of shopping bags. That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Hey, uh, hey, John, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Always great to talk to you. Okay, that's John Tierney. He's contributing contributing editor at cityjournal.org. We'll be right back. Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. Nefarious, the number one movie on Salem Now. He's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And it's evil. Incarnate. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. Nefarious, the Christian movie based on the book by Steve Dace with Sean Patrick Flannery and Jordan Belfi. Rated 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Help me! I'm trying to. You have to tell me the truth. Here's what Kirk, Tatum, and Prager say about Nefarious. In modern day screw tape letters, teenagers especially should see it. It makes you think about the true nature of evil and scares the heavens right into you. It is a fascinating movie. It's absolutely gripping. Nefarious. Is he insane? Is he pretending? Or something much worse? You should have accepted my offer, James. Nefarious. Rated R. I think it's time we tell you exactly what it is that we'd like you to do. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my exclusive list, 
listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code STAG. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I think you'd have to look around a while to find somebody who has a tougher job than Jean-Pierre. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Uh, she's trying to cover for the Bidens. You know, and she sent, they send her out there. She's completely incompetent and, and way over her head. She's like she's an intern. Um, and so that's a problem. So the big problem is she shouldn't be there in the first place. She's not qualified or, or capable. But they're still asking her about the cocaine. Where's the cocaine? So somebody from the New York Post, and again, why is it always somebody from the New York Post or Fox News that asks these kinds of questions? Somebody named Caitlin Dornboss asked uh, Jean-Pierre, if she could, quote, say once and for all whether or not the cocaine belonged to the Biden family. This is what we're talking about now. Who owned, who, who, who did the cocaine belong to? And she, of course, said, uh, you know, I, she, she looked at her binder and then said whatever she said, and she didn't answer the question. But they're saying that they're going to, they might know by Monday who has, you know, who, who dropped off the cocaine there. And, this is this is the White House. I, I I've been to the White House actually, believe it or not. I was there to see uh, Ronald Reagan honor the Penn State football team back in 1987, something like that. So I've been in there, uh, and I don't remember that much about the security going. I, I know that they before we went, days before we went, we had to go through some kind of security check. So. Things don't happen in there without the Secret Service and the FBI and whoever else is involved in there knowing what's going on. And they know, but they're going to take their time to tell us. But um, I'll be I'll be interested to see what they come up with on Monday. Hope you will be listening when they do. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.